0: Smell something. Put that cookie down.
1: Welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Chanster. I'm Josh. And today we're, we're f- fans, we're filmmakers, and we're fumbling around without our uh, leader, leader, I guess. Leader, Fearless Shane, leader. Like, f- Sh- Shane, because <laughs> we figured, you know, it's like podcasts are like pirate radio, which means we go by maritime law, which means we had a mutiny. And we kicked him off. He's now in the sea of the web. Uh, And as such, we decided to talk about the one subject that I don't think Shane has any say on. (laughs) Uh, I I don't think he knows much about this. Uh, It's his own feature film, Red Red Curtain Curtain Hell. Hell. Uh, Timed. Today, uh, we have a very special guest. He is uh, 20 years a teacher. He... Did stuff on Goosebumps, the TV podcast show season virgin. two. Uh, he's a podcast virgin. He's taught us everything we know, or at least some things we know. One it, class and trying to steal one class. <laughs> I think you do another class. It's Jeff Hughes. Ah, oh, Ripple Meat, Ripple Beach, Beach Media.
2: Media. You almost said Ripple Meach Media, <laughs> <I did. laughs> which would have been incorrect. But salutations. The month is June, and I'm here excellent there's a cat Uh,
0: scratching in the background
1: yes we have a a cat host cat do you have much to say no not really uh jeff why don't you tell us a bit about
2: yourself what you do Mm. what you've done how you got roped into this how i got roped into this i i like to help my students past and present (laughs) uh and um yeah podcast yeah it's it's the way of now it's what we should be doing right so i'm here i'm talking with you guys and uh yeah love and life that, that's that, what we do. That's what, what we we're love. all
1: about, loving life. Uh, but before we get on to our main subject, as every week, we ask, what have you been watching? I'll start with you, Josh. Oh, it's so good to be back. Hmm. Um, cool. have have You've been, been gone for like a month. What have you watched in that month? Mu- so, you can just be the last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully.
1: I didn't watch much before the last couple of weeks. Because you yeah. were working so much, which is why you weren't here. Fair yeah. enough.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I watched Hereditary. Have you Ooh. seen that yet? No, I haven't. Damn it. Ooh. Look, I can't
1: watch it with my wife because my wife will be very scared. I had the best experience,
0: though. <laughs> completely empty theater. Oh, oh, just, that'd be terrifying. It, it was terrifying because y- have you heard of the, the click? No, I haven't heard no, of the okay. click. Never mind. All right. Isn't that Avengers? No. no.
1: The, the, right. there's, there's a
0: certain sound effect and they played it on the left speaker behind my head <laughs> <and> <laughs> in a completely empty theater and I was like... Fucking Jesus. Oh, God. But <laughs> It was the best, though, because I could vocalize all my fears. No, that's Really that's loudly. Good. My girlfriend and I were just like, ah, <laughs> just screaming. Beautiful. Like, so it was a great time. Um, reminded really me heavily of Rosemary's Baby and The Witch. Very much like The Witch. Both right. A24 releases. Cool, Tony um, cool. Toni Collette should maybe get an Oscar. She, she killed it. She. Just you, was you've like heard it here today, screaming people. Sulfur. Yeah, I put my money on it. Put money on Toni Collette. First. Um, Sports bet. But no, I think every single person shown in this movie was like just harrowing experience about grief and depression, and then it worked on so many levels, like on two cool. levels. Both as a horror film, both as like a family drama, it was like oh, excellent blended it like expertly, and it's a feature debut as well. And I was just like, what, really? Yeah, if, um, Ari wow. us I think that's uh, actually I don't want to mispronounce the name. Yeah, but,
1: but someone's
0: name, someone's name, and they did an excellent job, and I can't wait to see what they do next because it was a fun time um and a scary time cool and fun we watched scary. it at like 9.30 at night and we didn't get out to 12 and the theater was empty so oh, was double the scares uh the other film I watched was Solo I don't know if you uh, yeah we yet. talked about Solo yeah. on our last last it episode was a, it was a fun time it yeah, was, yeah, yeah it wasn't it was, bad it wasn't the worst they've now stopped making a Star Wars story so they put them on hold indefinitely apparently which I'm fine with yeah you know. I'm fine with <laughs> I, I don't they need... Have, they could have done the Blumhouse model, done low budget. Yeah, that would have been fun. But no, they, they fucked
1: up. Oh, like little indie dramas, like kitchen sink dramas. Max Rebo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis, but with Max Rebo.
1: It's just the whole series of Uncle Ben and that just hanging out. Uncle
0: Ben, Uncle Owen. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> Uncle Owen. Sorry, wrong. The,
1: the Uncle series. The Uncle series. Yeah. Uh, it's right. the Uncle The Dead Uncle universe. Society. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so there's Solo. What else? Probably just some other things.
1: Probably some other things. Oh wait,
0: though, I think those are the two main ones I need yeah, to discuss. Yeah, they're, they're
2: the
1: one, the big yeah. one. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, what have you been watching?
2: Well, I've been sitting here thinking the only thing scarier than watching Hereditary um, <laughs> with your girlfriend and nobody in the theater would be is if there was a bunch of family members with you being the, the, <laughs> terrible. The title always... is mm. Hereditary, and mm-hmm. solo, you probably watch that by yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that idea Of only
1: watching movies The way the movie is described Exactly You know Some of the horrors So might Inside be a Out bit, uh, Oh god yeah. <laughs> yeah Good point Good point It's instantly Alright
2: Inside <laughs> Louis Davis it- In's, <laughs> it's,
0: so inside Oscar Isaac or inside yeah. the real? In, like, within, yeah. I don't know.
2: How about being John Malkovich? Oh, oh that'd wow. That'd be difficult. Uh, honestly, that would be... Only, like only he that's watch the way of the future. <laughs> that's
0: the virtual reality experience coming, re-release.
1: Yes. So. You put on VR goggles. twenty-fifth anniversary. John Malkovich yeah. watching being John Malkovich. I'm uh, but he doesn't watch his
0: own films, though. So that's, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, he's missing
1: out. He's done some good movies. So, so he's really doing the note. opposite of what we're... Yeah,
0: exactly. But if we John Malkovich him, we force him to watch his own movies and he uh, uh, anything else we're going down a spiral yeah we've gone down a spiral <laughs> oh look yeah
2: and you're you're talking to somebody who teaches cinema history so the most recent movie I've watched historically <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you like I've been taking uh've been taking my boys to movies lately so nice. um I've done the I've done the marvel stuff I saw Black panther I've cool. seen um infinity war and and, and those are good fun because you know you, you ramp yourself up to a a certain expectation when you go in and they delivered as far as I'm concerned. No, good. We're not talking about, um, mind blowing. Oh my God. I didn't know that was going to happen, but, uh, no, they were enjoyable experiences. Well, sometimes I think that's what movies should just do. I mean, not all movies,
1: but some movies like fast and furious eight, no seven, which was the last good one. Are any of them really good? I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I, I, I've missed the first three.
0: The first movie? 2000? No, see, I
1: found the first one very... It was stealing it's a gigglies. remake of Point Break. Before yeah, the remake of
0: Point Break. <laughs>
1: yeah, But uh, Anything else,
2: Jeff? Oh, look. Um, being... John Malkovich? <laughs> John Mac- <laughs> no, no. I was saying being me. Um, <laughs> and, and, and loving documentary. I watch a lot of little docos lately. Oh, so great. that takes up quite a bit of time. And when you spend your evenings editing... Um, yeah, you know, you're not really in the mindset to watch a feature film at nine a.m in the morning, so yeah, no, no. Uh, mostly, mostly some smaller docos and and kids stuff, because I'm that kind of friendly um <laughs> dad, friendly <laughs> dad that does the right thing, so
1: Ah, uh, see, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad I don't have kids, uh, mainly because uh kids' TV really freaks me out. I, I, oh man what was it yo gabba gabba
2: yeah oh my god Jesus, that thing was like terrifying yeah, but i the swear the best the best thing about yo gabba gabba was the was the dj guy yeah oh the dj yeah. was so fun and i just wa- like watching him dance yeah yeah but, uh, yeah kids tv is well and truly over for me though my boys are 16 14 and 10 so it's yeah do they have oh, a sniff good. of a playstation or a, a, a ds <laughs> and yeah, they're gone in, oh, in this good. mobile device, any you never have to see device. them again.
1: Yeah. Um. What have I been watching? See, yeah. this is why it sucks being the like lead yeah. host guy. I was.
0: You. You didn't let oh, us go sorry. into um, it yet. Yeah. Trust have-
1: What have you been watching? Oh well, glad you asked. Uh. Well, I went and saw uh, a very busy week. I've finally had like a chance to breathe, so I've been watching a lot of stuff that was intending to lead up to something else that I didn't see. So I watched The Witch. Okay. Cool. Uh, sure. yeah. Intending to watch Hereditary. Have you seen it before, or was it the first time? No, I hadn't. First Ooh. time I saw it. I really liked it. Um, I found the, uh, I, I, the acting, the fact that they were able to pull off like speaking that old timey English in a way that felt natural, mm. r- it really like sold me into this world. Um, and the whole end scene with the goat that was <laughs> so
2: like oh, oh, unpleasant. Man.
1: I'm glad I didn't watch it with my wife because my wife is very afraid of like supernatural possession stuff. So, th- so specifically the a- witch anti goat. Yeah, anti- anti, she's very anti-goat. Man, I one think- time we saw a goat, uh, it's like tied up in our house near our house, and uh, she was terrified.
0: Yeah. Jesus, all right.
2: Yeah, yeah, she's not a fan of goats.
1: In suburban uh, Brisbane, a goat tied up to
2: Yeah, it's really yeah. bizarre. That's terrifying. It's actually a council bylaw that any goat must be tied up. Oh, uh,
1: <laughs> don't know if in, you're joking, within, but I'm
2: I'm sold. Yeah. yeah no,
1: normally I am joking. But this, this is not, this is serious. I'm guys. Make serious sure guys. You... I know my goats, <laughs> <laughs> goat laws. Um, I also watched uh, Incredibles uh, again. Yes, that's beautiful. Really yeah. that love that first it. movie. Um, mm. It was funny because uh, Shane and his sister had just watched it beforehand and they told us to rewatch because we we're going to watch uh, Incredibles 2. And yeah, she, they said one thing that ruined the whole experience for me. Not the whole experience. is the fact that because of the technology at the time, all of the backgrounds- a very empty. That is the most yeah. empty city. ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and and it's, it's really funny watching but it's the like incredible old school like map painting, almost like this, it is like, which is really good. It's
0: very comic booky, which is like Brad Bird, like early sixties comic book pulp it's like stuff. So it feels like empty, empty like scapes.
1: Well, one thing we didn't notice until this time watching it, it was based in the sixties. Yeah. I never, like, like the the whole thing. of it I reckon, makes sense. I reckon
0: but. the, like, prologue in the past, like, 50s or 60s, and then it's in the 70s or 80s? Cause it's in the fifth.
1: The prologue's in the 50s, and then it's 15 years later, it's the 60s. So. We, we Wikipedia'd it afterwards because yeah. we were like, wow, it's so retro. Because,
0: like, the art, like, style feels, like, yeah. boring on 70s. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the uh, then we watched the second one right after that, and it was so funny watching the fact that, it was so full and it's like the scene, it, it picks up right where the last one yep. left off with, with the, with the undertaker and undermine, in, in, under so the, yeah, the wrestler. <laughs> uh, and the entire scene is so much more full. Yeah it's like oh man i wish i didn't notice
0: did they redo the scene where they leave the parking lot in the same conversation or does it start when it's like oh they had the masks on uh it's because that would be if they redo it it'd feel like more natural if it's more full but if they just do it like straight from like no it it
1: happens from a different point of view so it starts from a different point of view and then you see it play out that's cool Uh, but very very fun um I've probably seen other movies, but one movie I watched last night with its director's commentary is our topic of the day, Red Curtain Hell. Segway,
0: segway, segway. I'm segways. so good at that.
1: Now, uh, this, this episode will have huge spoilers for Red Curtain Hell, so if you haven't already seen it, go to com slash on demand slash red curtain hell. Thank you for the nod, at Zane. Glad. Uh, what's our uh, Our, our code? offer code? 20, 20% off. 15 Picture, P- picture ranges. ranges. If you put in the uh, code Picture Ranges, you'll get twenty percent off your rental or purchase. That was a flawless execution, mm. and it was actually more smooth than any time Shane's ever done. But so, yeah, do <laughs> it now. Pause he yeah, pauses podcast. Watch it first. Come yeah, back. Watch that. Come back. We're going to be talking this. about everything. Uh, we'll give you like time to do that. Do it now. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. How you guys
2: doing? You doing good? Having good. Good time, a yeah. little bit of elevator music is what yeah, we yeah, need. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. I think that's enough time. I'm sure everyone has uh, either. This will be our least listened to podcast or <laughs> Shane will get a bunch of watches for Ray Cat in Hell. It's a gamble, you know,
0: either or it's like Shane's just
1: tearing his hair out right now. Probably. <laughs> exactly. So let's uh, start we off love with you, Shane. Uh, so we're doing a detailed analysis of it, which oh, is detailed. why we've interviewed, uh, why we've got Jeff here. Cause you're our lecturer who did analyses and stuff well
2: about the detail goats
1: goats yeah. in detail goats, and goats details. in detail That's what he That's knows what we know. uh, you uh, read my wonderful analysis of Highlander 2 possibly the greatest movie of all time uh, i believe you gave me an hd for that don't blame you. it's an excellent movie did you watch it who wants to live forever um, yeah of <laughs> course <laughs>
2: highlander is a legendary legendary story
1: absolutely and highlander 2 is just as legendary But uh, yeah, so let's uh, start off by discussing the plot of Red Curtain Hell. Who wants to go first?
0: Oh, look, the the plot of Red Curtain Hell starts off...
1: Are you like, because you've got a cheeky smile on your face, are you purposely (laughs) going to say it incorrectly just to piss (laughs) off Shane? No, I'm just happy. this is a proper detailed analysis. Can't I be happy, Chancellor? No. Fuck. This is not a happy movie.
0: All right. So the plot of Red Curtain Hell is that it starts the director of... Hamlet? Is it Hamlet? Yeah, it's Hamlet. Yeah, it's meant to be Hamlet. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're
1: the one who's watched it because Jeff and I both watched it last night yeah. and you've watched it like what? Four months ago? Three months ago? Yeah. Like
0: I own it. I also have your DVDs too. I need to get that oh, back to you. Oh, that's
1: where my DVDs went. Yeah. Cool. It's in my like drawer. But Excellent. The Thank plot
0: you. is a very angry director. <laughs> yeah. A
1: very angry director. Um,
0: comes to, basically, it's a f- like a like it's a f- play of Hamlet. It's meant to be happening. Science the premiere. It's a big deal for the director. And um, He specifically cut it
1: down to 90, 90 minutes, so it's a very short version of Hamlet. It's nice. the abridged version. The abridged He's version. He's cut out all the boring bits, and it's <laughs> essentially uh, the story of what happens... His magnum opus. ...on, stage, on behind stage, behind stage, stage, behind the scenes, in real time. Everything goes wrong. Yes. Yep. Uh, Jeff, want to add cold. anything to
2: all of the nonsense we just... Uh, you know, I'm comparing it to cozy on Ritlin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. cozy on Ritlin. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Causing very interesting, very interesting take on uh, um, putting something, taking something cinematic in the theater and, and, and putting it forward. It was um, confusing. Liked it. He's Parts of it were <laughs> challenging. Um, but you know what? I would recommend people see it completely because um, uh, I just feel educated for having seen it. You, you've learned more <laughs> learnt about more.
1: You haven't met Shane, have you? I haven't I, met Shane. I feel like you know Shane more than most people now
2: <laughs> i did i did a little bit of a search for him on the old f b digging see nice. who uh mutual friends we had in common <laughs> et cetera and making the connections yeah but uh no i think um it was quite a um aspiring challenge to to see it pull together and and i i really appreciate the the filmmaking craft that went into it
1: yeah yeah mm. oh definitely right. uh uh, I'll talk about that later, but uh, first let, let's discuss the main themes that he explored in this story. Uh, did you guys have any takes on this at all? I also added genre because I don't know what other than dark comedy. What genre this would fit into?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, no, dark, comedy it is just dark comedy. It is, it is like waves in like sort of conventional like Shakespeare, Shakespeare themes like hubris and stuff. Yeah, well, well, absolutely. Uh, Shakespeare is um, one of the big parts yeah, of the to in within like the the, the script and the text itself but all like in like the characters themselves there's like mm. just this hyperbolic version like basically like Oscar is like enunciated real loud and everyone's just like it's just taking an extra step just to dig the knife and so it's just in, just bad people as well bad bad <laughs> people is a
2: own. good theme yeah a good theme jeff any one uh, one thing that you you can rely on when you've got something like Shakespeare in uh, in a film is that you can go back to it at any time because you've got a text there that's been tried and, and true for quite a long time so you know if you're struggling with something creatively in the film you don't know how to uh, approach something you can go back to go back to the original Shakespeare script um, use a bit of that as a foundation and then and then use it to spring off there's a cat Right, right behind. Yeah, I him. just yeah. saw him. Yeah, I saw jump him over, his head over to your chair. I like that actually. Uh,
0: <laughs> this is an added element to the podcast now. Yeah. now
2: featuring cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. More cats. Um, yeah, you can use it as a um, not a crutch at all, mm. but you can use it as a a, um, a foundation to reset your vision going forward in the scene. So, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, cool. I, I think
1: uh, one of the main themes that I really noticed this time watching it was the um, the, the theme of the spotlight. And how everyone is trying to get that power, trying to get that spotlight, much like a lot of the hubris and, you know, Shakespearean characters. Um, and uh, the way Shane explores that using the camera is very interesting. Uh, there's the the scene of the character coming out, Simon, coming out to his mum. And the way that was shot was very purposeful in, in illustrating that theme in the sense that it's it's a young boy who's trying to come out as gay to his mother And it starts off just a conventional one shot on him because this is his moment, his story, his center frame and over the shoulder from him onto his mum, And then as the scene goes on, uh, it's not that the mum like doesn't like the fact that he's gay. Everything goes wrong because she doesn't give a shit because it's ruining her night. Mm -hmm. This is her night. She's in the spotlight. She has the power. And as uh, she goes on about this, she steps forward into him, pushing him back. And the camera pushes in forward, so it becomes a center frame. Her center frame in a close up, showing that yeah. she's now in the power. And in her, in the it, sun's reverse, she's stepped into the frame, and now it's her over the shoulder, and he's minimalized, smaller yeah. than her. It's and good. It's, it's
0: good linking uh, there. Yeah. The yeah. It's like. Pushing the power of the frame and um, sort of the subjective objective views and everything as well. Absolutely. There
1: there are a few other moments in the film where he does similar techniques, Mm. uh, specifically when uh, Harrison uh, comes out after the the drug out scene and uh, he does a similar thing where he ends up becoming center frame and everything else is pushed to the background. And, yeah, it's an interesting way to explore themes. Well, also smart.
2: also um, Shane goes on and explains it further as well when um, he has the mother explain that Simon accepted the role of Laertes just to to you know kind of step aside so that role of Hamlet would go to the lead player. So you know we already know that relationship because of the way Simon has act- or because of the way Shane has constructed it in the film, but then there's that little bit of explanation later on that ties the story in as well.
1: Yeah, very nice. Um, we've already touched on a bit, but the uh, Shakespearean element and how he uses that, like, uh, it's it's kind of pretty overt, especially once you notice it. Is um, how each one of the main characters is, uh, you know, an archetype of one of the uh, one of the Shakespearean great Shakespearean tragic yeah, uh, characters. Um, for example, uh, the Roman and Simon is a Romeo and Juliet comparison. Harrison is Hamlet. It just occurred to me their names are done with the same thing in it as well. Um, Jemima is Othello. Uh, Pam is Macbeth, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And and yeah, the way, and throughout the story, uh, each of those characters end up either referencing quotes from Shakespeare, like you said, bringing that text back, Um, except for, of course, Harrison, because the play they're playing is Hamlet anyway. He doesn't have any (laughs) overt Hamlet things. Uh, expounded out. Uh, there is obviously, you know, the very fun incest scene. No. How, how did you, you feel about that, Jeff? Oh, no, I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Uh, was yeah, that, yeah. was that because you know Shakespeare? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Well, cool. Um, I know Shakespeare goats.
1: <laughs> Shakespeare, Shakespeare goats, goats.
2: Kids movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, having, have I've taught quite a bit of drama in the past. So yeah, I'm familiar with a lot of Shakespearean text as well. So yeah, um, mm. uh, it would have been, uh, I think too enticing for Shane to leave it out. I think that was an opportunity, <laughs> was an opportunity to, to to yeah. add a little bit, you yeah. know, a little bit more edge to it. So I think yeah, that's why it was included. I, yeah, I'm not saying it was absolutely telegraphed and you could tell it was coming whatsoever, but I was expecting it, so that was good to see it come to fruition.
1: It, it's a fun moment that I, I feel like people who know Shakespeare see coming, and I always wonder how people who don't know Shakespeare like if it's like seated well enough that they can see it coming cuz like i noticed like the music cues and everything as it's leading up to that moment are really like playing with what's about to happen mm-hmm. and because like i have the phone i'm like oh god i know this is happening uh i can see it and i would really like to know if like the normies can uh can oh. see that coming um That's uh, special anything, anything else norm. we want to talk about on the uh, shakespearean, shakespearean relevance and of No. Cool. In it's that case, we'll, we'll move move on to uh, his use of color and the cinematography in the film, because mm-hmm. uh, color, I know, like as like if you listen to, I think our last episode, Shane will talk a lot about uh, Guillermo del Toro and his use of color, yeah. and this was like
0: The importance of color and a frame, Yeah, like,
1: th- this was Shane's chance to really use color a lot, and I, I know, like since then, he's used it a few more uh, times, uh, but like th- there were very specific things I only noticed this time, like uh, both roman and jemima uh which is danny Hahn's character they uh both coded with marone the whole time because they're the two of the most they're the two characters that are manipulating everyone mm. and ma- manipulating yeah, the scenario uh obviously reader uh playing what's and Rita's it? character's name i never remember i just I know it right. was reader
0: that's continuing
1: yeah i yeah uh with ophelia's character she um uh she starts off green at the start because, you know, she's very jealous uh, of envious, what, and, yeah, envious yeah, what, yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And then once that moment, once the Ophelia scene happens and she's like right before it happens, she's got like a red bright backlight, red backlight, backlight on her. Yeah. And yeah, once that part happens, she's always thing, in if red. If
0: you tie into the theme of like the spotlight and the lust for that, like the themes, of, like the manipulation of a spotlight, because it's always yeah. seen because it's as red as well. Yeah, so that works yeah. in as well. Uh
1: you, you see that a lot uh when they're on stage as well. It's mm-hmm. always got the uh the spotlight is like a key thing mm-hmm. uh that that's exploring that theme. Um I think that was less of pat more of the guy who was controlling the spotlight because mm-hmm. he I I know uh, he was like kind of just like following what's happening badly on purpose, which was fun.
0: Was the guy who controlling the spotlight the actual actor that was out there as well? Was that
1: just like another No, no, no that yeah, the guy it, you know, in the audience scenes uh, where, mm. where there was a character sitting next to Justin who's, like, annoyed the whole time. Yeah. He was the spotlight <laughs> guy. Um, but, yeah, the, the use of spotlight was very much doing in that thing. But I know for a fact that it was also very practical because there was no one in the audience. So they just shone a bright light into the camera so you can't tell there's no one in the audience. Yeah. Um, Jeff, anything to add on color?
2: Color. Anytime, anytime you start looking at color in film, um, mm-hmm. one thing that is uh, a stark reminder to me is the fact that uh, I see things differently than anybody else being colorblind. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, as Ooh, a, that's interesting. As yeah. a... Um, as a film teacher, and particularly as an editor, when you're color balancing, uh, you're kind of <laughs> always second-guessing yourself, thinking, yeah, that looks really good. Uh, I'm not really sure if it does, but I'm going to think it is. Um, but there, there's a book that I came across quite quite a number of years ago, and uh, I know JMC Academy has it in the library. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's called uh, If It's Purple, Someone's Going to Die, and it's by an author named Patti Bellatoni. And um, it's a really excellent read. She's got chapters in there. On every uh gamut of color and how certain um certain types of film use it um, mm. and as foreshadowing as reflective of character development and it's uh it's a really good read so if you haven't uh, haven't come across that, have a bit of a search and uh, and pick it up because you know it's not that uh, it's not that long, but some of the examples and and um some of the photos from films in there make it really um really obvious to you. When, you. when you start watching another film, it'll you'll just be analysing the colour in the film all the time. So, right. you know, there's a, there's a lot of pluses in there yeah. too. And easy to apply it to your own films as well. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, yeah, I proof. know they had
1: the very key um, uh, background, which was always changing colour depending on the mood of the scene. And mm. that was kind of a happy accident. They didn't know they had that until they came to the theatre and they're like, oh, we've got a big background that we can make any colour. So they... Uh, it, it specifically never shows red until the final scene because everyone's going to die. Uh, it's funny you say that if they're wearing purple, uh, you know, you're going to die. There wasn't much people, many people wearing purple, was there? No, the so, um,
2: the main cover of this book that I mentioned is actually um, Musical Chicago. And uh, it's a picture of Catherine Zeta-Jones on the, on the cover. Um, So if you've seen Chicago, (laughs) um, you know, the use of color in that, it's very subtle because, you know, Mm. you've got a lot of the, you've got uh, Chicago depicted kind of in evening scenes and in jail and and all that kind of stuff. So you don't really, it's not a film that you step into. It's not like you're watching something from Bollywood where you're seeing orange and yellow and vibrant color and everything Mm. like that. A lot of times it's more subtle, Mm. but um, yeah, it, uh, it makes a strong argument for it.
1: Yeah, cool. well, uh, I know Rekha and was strongly inspired by Chicago, specifically the cinematography. I know there are a few moments that are specifically stolen straight from Chicago, mainly because I've sense. seen his uh, mood reel, which was, you know, a lot of Chicago. <laughs> uh, I guess that's what happens when you have like a, what ins- film set in you, Do you know stage. at all what
0: inspired like the opening like wanna or Why was why was um, that way? Is that just to establish the the time, the pace of the time, or yeah, it's it's really to get or- you
1: in the mind of the fact that everything's real time. Mm. So everything in that first moment, there's no cut or no you know obvious okay. cuts uh, th- to get you in the the feeling of oh this is all real time. This is what's happening, mm. and it's also to show the layout of the. So you you get an idea of the geography, uh, which is funny because I know one of the visual effect cuts, uh, which was when he opens the door to go into the dressing room, there's actually a whole staircase uh, and fire exit to get down to that dressing room, which didn't look good on film, so they got rid of it. Uh, And if you look at technically the layout of the theater, Doesn't make sense. that dressing room is in the middle of the foyer. <laughs> so oh, a little bit awkward there. Um, how, how did you feel about it, Jeff, going for that long take? Cause it's a 22 minute quote unquote yeah. shot.
2: Well, it, you, you kind of think back to Orson Welles. You think back to, particularly I thought with the crowd, with people mm. and moving around, I, I thought of uh, Robert Altman's film, Nashville. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, and 22 minutes, I was, I was mindful of the time watching mm. it. I was mindful. I was thinking, hmm, interesting. Still going. Okay. Oh, I don't mind that. Still going. Oh, uh, I don't mind that. That was my part, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, it, it was. A, that's what I mean. It was a challenge. But it. I think when you do that, particularly when the camera's moving, mm. uh, tracking, you're taking the audience somewhere, and I think that's important. Uh, mm, and yep. I think it was probably important to Shane to actually take the audience with um, Harrison into the dressing rooms, into the hall. Um, and as you say, like the, the audience gets a feel for where they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm relating it with, mm, yeah, smaller theater. Okay. I can see. And I, I'm, I'm relating it to past experience. I'm thinking, it kind of looks like La Boite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, and, and you, you do that or gardens point. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And you kind of get, um, that familiar feeling. So I think it probably puts uh, the audience at ease a little bit too, especially if they're um, familiar with the theater kind of environment.
1: Yeah, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, um, definitely
0: geography wise, it's very useful, but also like character wise is like Harrison entering his domain. This is like his his moment, and then he says like, "No, this is fucked. I got to deal with this. The floor's wet. What? No, that's, this is set up." for payoffs later. It's yeah. setting, like, and that's another yeah. thing it
1: does. Pretty much everything in the film is set up throughout that mm. uh, sequence, sequence yep. uh, no matter how subtle or whatever. Because I know I never noticed until this time watching that uh, Jemima, which is Danny Hahn's character, finds the pills during that scene. Uh, and yep. there's another scene later on where she's reading all of the things in the back of it to list off all the problems, uh, all the side effects of it. Um, but yeah, of course, there's my excellent foreshadowing of the of the light, which is the key. I like to think that my character is the reason the film ends. Are you the trickster god of this film? Yeah, yes, I am. Mm. Uh, I I came in suspicious. I did it on purpose, probably. Um, how do you find the geography of the uh, theater? Because I know Shane was really worried about the wings of the uh, of either um, of the theater. Everything on stage and because everything's happening on the side of stage, was it absolutely clear where things were happening? I know there's one bit that I feel like I only know because I was working. I know exactly where that theater is, which was when uh, Harrison was like, where the fuck's Pam? And Pam's standing in a corner looking out at him. And you're like, oh, why doesn't he see Pam? I knew the layout of that particular area mainly because it had a bunch of like markings on the rule there was like a big Oola, which is from war of the world's musical the greatest musical ever made mm-hmm. uh there was also like a deathly hallows thing so i just remember that corner very well how did you two feel about that w- was that well established enough or did you I ever mean, feel lost in the geography
2: no i think you suspend belief i think you just yeah. you cool you know could, it, could like figure it out so it, it, could it could be, be the like, hunt, scrim, yeah. like yeah, in the wings. Little room at the back where they keep the props. Like the, a lot of theaters yeah. are different, and, and yeah, yeah, there is the general structure. Um, and some theater have some theaters have quite a lot of room in the wings, and some have mm-hmm. very shallow. So realistically, I think you know if you're you're involved in the story, that's what Shane achieves. He gets you involved in the story, so you're able to not be as analytical when it comes to the um, space. Yeah,
1: mm. cool. The um, <laughs> were you guys, because I always notice it because. I was there. Uh, when my character and Pete's character—I don't ask me the names. I know we were stagehands. We were Joe and John. I still don't know which one I was. Uh, but when we were asked to look for um Simon, and we like just look under the table and stuff. <laughs> did you guys realize that that box of walls—they were right behind that fucking? <laughs>
2: um, I kind of, I kind of thought, you know, um. In the layout, I'm thinking, well, they're not too far away. And actually, I think when your other, when the other character opens the door and looks through there, I'm thinking, oh, has someone put a little stage door there to that other little area? So I was kind of thinking, hmm, to mm. I find him? No. Oh, that, that door
1: looked like a real door? Yeah. Oh, oh no, it, it was as a, a stage door, like a, like, a thea- <laughs> like a theatrical door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, but it cool. could
2: have been actually blocking off another little section. That's okay, what I was cool. Thinking. Yeah.
0: That and people, oh, that's cool no cool uh,
1: I, i've always picked it up and i'm yeah. like they are literally because i i didn't realize when we were shooting because we shot those parts so yeah. far apart so i'm glad i never actually went to the wall and like look behind it we were just doing whatever we were um but yeah w- when i watched the final movie i was like oh wait they were like right next to us how did we not hear them <laughs> you, um you're baked yeah well that's true <laughs> we were so baked just buzzed out um what other themes can we just... I, I think, like, there's probably something to say about sexuality throughout the film because sexuality is such a huge part of theatre. Mm. Uh, anyone who's worked in theatre, everyone's fucking backstage. It's well, very it's, awkward. Uh, we know
0: it's a, you know, Shane's commentary on certain happenings in his life and <laughs> yeah. everything. It's definitely imbalmable of that. Um, but no, it plays a huge part in both, mm. like, Shakespeare and just like yeah, in course. general and, like, storytelling and, and Shane's story as well, like, the, mm. the idea of sexuality and power and how sexuality can be used for yeah. power.
1: Because that's pretty much all, uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking Roman. Roman. Does. All Roman does yeah. is he uses his sex for power mm-hmm. throughout but the that, entire But that thing. also
0: feels like very telling of real life Of how it's like, oh, let's sleep with the director or something. <laughs> this, and there to get ahead. And it's I feel sort like of the like, director's
1: the only person he didn't sleep with. Yeah, yeah. Because the director we know of <laughs> not involved with all that that, that. that we know of. He's just like, oh, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, Jeff, any words on
2: sexuality? I think it comes. I think the key word is power in yeah. the theater. You know, if you, oh, if you look at is um, some recent examples in Australian theater. Think about Rocky Horror, the Rocky Horror music. Yeah, of course. Uh, Rocky Horror Pit. What is it? Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror, Horror show. show. Rocky Picture is show. It's a picture show it's when it's the play. Yeah. Oh, I always thought it was yeah. just the show when it's not the movie. Rocky Horror Picture Show, and, and Craig McLaughlin and the uh, accusations yeah. there, and mm-hmm. him vehemently defending them and stepping down, and all. that You know, realistically how can um that kind of star power not go to someone's head and you see it in the director as well you know uh, yeah. um you, you have people who want to aspire to be a director not because they um want power but because they want to control things and i think along the way you add a little bit of power you add a little bit of power this is my first film cool it was all right this is my second film all right now i know what i'm doing now I'm I've got more power to to suggest what's going to happen, so I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we
1: it really brings it back to that key theme of power, because like the way Pam is trying to control the show and all that all comes together very nicely. Uh, what what do we think could have been done better? Fuck you, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> to take a breather off that. Fuck you. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Shane. Yeah, is there anything mm. in the film that we feel could have been explored better or <sighs> done better in any right. way? Personally, I feel the VFX could have been done better if just because he didn't ask me to do them. Uh-huh. He asked it's me it, to do... Uh, are you saying this is a power issue? this. <laughs> no, because yeah. at the time, uh, he didn't know I was good at VFX. He did know I was doing a course for it, and he, he gave me two VFX shots to to do, and uh, they're in the they're, they're not in the movie... Uh, mainly because uh, I didn't have red co- uh, red gamma code four on my computer, okay. so it totally fucked up the color. But they they weren't necessary visual effect shots. Uh, there was one where um, when two characters are talking on stage, there is clearly a character in the wings. Now, that particular actor was actually Scott, um, Scott Driscoll, who's not on stage at the time. He's in the mm-hmm. audience. You can't tell who it is, and it's a theater. It's totally reasonable that there's someone standing in the wings. So much of the movie is someone standing in the rings. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they didn't use that shot, and I can't remember what the second shot was, but there was little, like, fix-up things, like, "Oh, there's someone in the wings. Get rid of them. Um, yeah. um, just from memory, just
0: the changing room, a
1: lot of white <laughs> A lot of white in the change. Yeah, way. I yep.
0: felt like that was very glaring for me on like every watch I've had, and I know it's like just the small segment of like other things. But what, what? Yeah, like, thing of a criticism. Like if I mm. could think about it, it's just like that white. War. It's so much white, and it's like yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily just because of out of like budget or out of like, materials or yeah. Whatever whatever his reason, if he had a reason to make it white for, like...
1: Let's think of some what, thematic reasons like, why, like why the room is white. But, like, <laughs>
0: then I'm just giving him... I'm, just, I'm so shamed sure, yeah. like That white changing room just pisses me off every time.
1: So I really like yeah. the use of the mirrors in there. There's that one bit where... Yeah, the mirrors are nice. Where Danny finds the... Um, she's looking for the drugs, and Chris asks why, mm-hmm. what she's doing, and she pulls out the tampon... And like the yeah. entire time he's in shot and they're like technically looking at each yeah. other, but he's in the mirror. Yeah. And they to, I do like the use of that. But yeah, yeah. I totally agree with white room. Your mm-hmm. white room sucks, Shane. Who's your prod designer in that? <laughs> um, Did like, she work on anything good recently? Pizza deliverance. Yeah. Pizza deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was going to say,
0: um, yeah, I'm not saying like it is sort of accurate because, like, uh, being behind Food myself, yeah. like, it, it's not, it's not like I'm guessing he was going for accuracy's sake, but like just for mm. film sake, it's just, it, uh, it's very
1: yeah. bland. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. Um, Anything else? Uh,
0: from memory, no, not really. I know Jeff has. Uh, Jeff, and,
1: and, he's it, stroking a cat.
0: Sorry, I'm
2: just petting
1: the cat. <laughs> no, that's reasonable. There um, could have been more cats in the movie, that would have been better.
2: <laughs> um, Ophelia's <It>, drug induced state lasted <laughs> too, too long for me. Cool, um, yeah. Mm hmm. I don't know the timing on it, but um, look, some of some of the effect of it, like the little infrared heat sensor stuff and yeah. out of focus, and that was good, that was good, but I was expecting that to come back um, quite a bit shorter mm-hmm. in duration. Uh, and I know there are certain reasons that um, directors decide to hold a shot, and that's to disturb the audience and make them feel uncomfortable and empower them to make, you know, uh, a certain judgment, and uh, we see directors do that all the time. So if that was an attempt to do that, then, yeah, I'll pay that. That's no worries. <laughs> it but, did make you feel uncomfortable. But I still was like, oh, my God, I don't want to. Yeah, okay. I, mm. I felt like um, taking a really long blink.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like
1: what it was was the scene between uh, Ro- Roman and Ophelia, his character we can't remember. <laughs> um, I felt like that bit just went on for too long. I feel like the start of it was fine, the end of it was fine. It was just that one big moment between those two characters. I feel like it could have been shorter or more concise. Mm. I know a lot of stuff happened in that scene, but I feel like that's where it started dragging. Uh, anything else?
0: Um, no, I think overall, like there's this like, little like dragging moments like, at little points to the where it's just like, oh, this is going on for too long, but I feel yeah. like that's just to root. Like, it's sort of... The element of like everyone just being emphasizing everything and going on and mm-hmm. just never stopping and no one like like every is like very selfish and they don't like shut up. We're like and this is yeah. This is some little dragging moments, but nothing really glaring for me. I feel me. like
1: they could have been more of the stage hands. Uh we oh. did get a scene <laughs> cut, which oh, okay. I was glad to hear that he mentioned on the uh, what he, on the on the director's commentary? What was it? Uh, it it was just a scene. It was my solo scene. So Pete had one solo scene and I had a solo scene, and that was the one he like, fucking cut, oh. which was after Justin, uh, sorry, after Harrison strangles, uh, uh, what's his face? No fingers. No fingers. No fingers. He, uh, <laughs> he he shoved him out the door and he walks behind backstage, and I'm meant to go out again with the ladder, complaining about the light, the fact that the light's still hanging down. It was it was really just a scene to makes sense that it took that long for him to get to the uh, the room, the, the dressing rooms in the next yep. scene, but also to reiterate the problem with the light. I know when I've seen it with audiences, the moment Rita shoots the gun for the final time, they remember the light. Did did you remember the light at that
2: scene, Jeff? Oh, I remember it was a bit dodge, yeah. Yeah, yep. cool. And
1: Because I remember I saw it with Sean Coughlin and like as soon as she shot the gun, he was like, oh my God, Chancey, you've killed them all. And I was like, yes. Yes, I have. Glad you remembered. Yeah. <laughs> my key moment was killing everyone. Uh, I like to think Excellent. that my character was one of the ones that didn't die because technically you don't see me die. I, I get snatched away.
0: You snatched away. Just Pete doesn't die. Pete, hasn't died really, Pete or... gets
1: kicked in the face. Yeah. I think he's got more of a chance of dying than not me because I just got a hand to the face and never seen again. So mm. I could come back in the sequel. Who knows? <laughs> uh, what, what do we think of all the death? Was it necessary? Was it too much? Was it not enough? Do we need more death?
2: Like I don't think the the risers on the stage were high enough to really knock off the three or four of the characters that fell off. Oh yeah, a oh, bit of a bump. Yeah, um, you're not moving. Not hurt. Um, oh, bit, Chris, bit more of a bump.
1: Chris Charteris moves. Uh, I noticed that because uh, it cuts back to him and he's just like kind of moves a bit. So it's like okay, he's okay. Mm. I, I feel like it's because maybe
0: not everyone. Does, everyone's not dead. Just leave, like the fear of the closest. Well,
1: As I understand, the idea was uh, morality. Whoever has questionable morality dies, which is why Shane is. Shane reckons me and Pete died because we got the fifteen-year-old girl high. Mm. Roman died because he's fucking everyone and breaking hearts left, right, and center. Yep. Uh, Ophelia died because uh, she's a bitch, controlling and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Jemima dies because she's manipulative, Pam dies, cause she's blah, 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 Harrison dies. Obviously the audience die because they're making fun of a shitty play. Disagree with that. I think, yeah, I think the audience not, were fine. They shouldn't have died. That's mean. And but
2: this, this is the point in the podcast where you go, damn, I really should have went back and watched the movie before I listened to the whole podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> ah, yeah. oh, spoiler alert. Literally
1: everyone dies. One guy snaps his fingers, half the cast dies. It's like Infinity War before Fingers Infinity Fingers get War. cut off, yeah. Fingers get cut off. Oh, well, that's in the trailer. <laughs> mm. Um, But yeah, and the morality is that Chris Charteris and Merv Marriott, who both have character names that I don't remember, uh, they don't die because they didn't do anything wrong. They were just bad actors, that's all. Yeah. Uh, same with, I think, Tim's Tim character. Tim, Tim Dun- doesn't die. I don't, I don't think, think he so, dies, no. yeah. He's the tall, silent ghost character who's got a few lines. <laughs> Uh, but mainly remembered for his tall ghost character and eating an apple. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he dies. Yeah, death. That's fun. Anything else we want to talk about this or should we move on to our top five? That's a good point to end That's a good point to end on. So with that, we're going to move on to our top fives. And this week with a Shakespearean film like this, we're going to discuss our top five Shakespearean movies. So... Any Shakespearean movies will do. Um, <laughs> any will j- do. Josh, do you want to go first, or uh, like, shall look, I go first, or look, Jeff, do you have five?
2: Like I wasn't thinking of five. I was, I was thinking I would give you one. <laughs> yeah, same. thing. <laughs> <'cause, laughs> like, there's there's, one there, one there's a one? lot of like fillers. I can give you one from high school that I watched. You
1: haven't watched any good Shakespearean movies, Josh? Uh, not really. Well, let's Unless you with count j-
0: people like Deadpool Society, where they're playing Shakespeare characters in like in it, and it's no, like I Shakespeare- that. that I, I, I reckon, is, f- yeah features. I like, reckon Red
1: Curtain Hell would qualify. Okay. It's not on my list. Fuck Red Curtain Hell, man! It was a shit movie. Shane sucks. Uh, but Jeff, you've got your one.
2: <laughs> well, no, I thought about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, um, Tom Stoppard did *Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead*. Excellent. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that hammers home the the whole idea that um, you know there's a stat out there that very close to 50%, if not 60% of uh, films being made are based on previous content, either comics, yep. legend, myth, fairy tales, um, plays, etc. cetera. Um, and I think you can take a couple of characters from a play like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and create a story that still relate, relates back to the, um, to the playwright who created the characters in the first place. So, Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, Gary Oldman, like quite an quite a exceptional film. Uh, it is really fun.
1: It, it was in my uh, Honorable Mentions, but that's at least one thing I don't have to bring up. <laughs> Yay. Uh, great, great movie, though. Really fun.
0: Well, you're both better than me. <laughs> cultured. Give me your Honorable Mentions is, is so you, I can it, watch more Shakespeare. So. Okay,
1: all right, cool. So my first Honorable mention is one I haven't actually seen. It was just me Googling, what's a, what's a Shakespearean film? And I've got to answer my questions. <laughs> <laughs> this one came up and I was like, how have I not seen it? It's called Joe Macbeth from 1955. It's uh, a, an American crime story that is just a story of Macbeth. I don't. It's, it doesn't say it's considered a noir, but it's black and white. It's crime. I'm hoping it's Shakespearean noir. That sounds super fun. I haven't mm, seen it, but I does. want to. I'll
2: give that a thumbs up before I see it here. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> let, let's all give Joe Macbeth a thumbs up before we've seen it. Uh, up next, I have Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. Which was a great B movie. Um, and it's based on The Tempest. A lot of people draw comparisons there, so it's not just me, it yes. was also Wikipedia.
0: I did say that too, and I was like, I haven't seen it though. So I'm like, I can't oh, add you it haven't to seen like- Forbidden Planet? I haven't. I'm
1: pretty sure I've got it on DVD. Okay. I'll lend it to you if I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be confusing it with Day of the Triffids because I know I definitely have Day of the Triffids. Anyway, uh, <laughs> She's the Man, which was Yes, yeah. The well, that's night. what I could have. Yeah. Uh, that like, is yeah. a really fun movie. I don't think it's that. Good? no it's it's terrible but it's a but very it's a fun movie. movie i saw it in cinemas because channing tatum's in channing tatum's in it why would i not and um, that
0: famous soccer player who's now an actor who's very angry known for being very angry. oh uh vinnie jones yeah he's he in that
1: yeah he's the coach oh sick yeah. that's great yeah um west side story is apparently yep. considered it because yep. it's a uh, romeo and juliet i didn't know that but mm. i love west side story and that's why it's in my honorable mentions because i didn't know it until Wikipedia told me Uh, men of respect, which is another crime version of Macbeth. This is from 1991 starring John Turturro. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting movie. I I really enjoy it. Uh, And my last honorable mention, which I really regret is not in my top five is Tromeo and Juliet, (laughs) which is obviously Romeo and Juliet, but made by James Gunn and uh, Troma Productions, uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, So my top five, uh, number five is anonymous, which is probably the most unique, um, What's his name? Who's the German guy who makes all the explodey end of world films? Zane, help me here. Um, Nope. No, uh, no, no, Independence kind of, day mm, fucking Robins, what? Robinson. No, no, not he's a G- German G- guy. G- he's a, he's really, ah, oh, crap. Why don't I remember? This guy he, made independence yeah. day in 2012 and, uh, day, day after tomorrow, this is like his one movie. That's not an end of the world movie. That's- it's, Roland Emmerich. So I was close. You so I remember Godzilla. You, yeah, uh, Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla, yeah. Uh, so Roland Emmerich made this uh, movie about uh, the truth behind Shakespeare, and it's one of his most interesting movies, and it's not an end of the world thing, surprisingly. I was expecting <laughs> Shakespeare to end the world at the end. He didn't. Uh, number four I think is obvious. It's Romeo plus Juliet. Mm-hmm. I love uh, what do you call him? Fuck, what's Baz his Lerman. name? Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> I love Baz Luhrmann's movies, uh, all of them except for maybe Australia. The first third of Australia I like. Mm. Um, fun editing in that movie. What's Ro- that? Romero plus Juliet. Yeah, the best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's really, really an interesting way to go about. And the fact that it's a modern telling of the exact same story with the exact same dialogue and everything is mm-hmm. really fun. Uh, number three is the Kenneth Branagh version of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite version of that story. I, I know a lot of people... Uh, cite the one starring uh, not Russell Crowe, Mel Gibson a lot of people cite that one as the best, I disagree I, I reckon disagree. Kenneth Branagh yeah, uh, I'm with
2: you on Branagh, Brenner. Branagh Brenner, Brenner is the he's the study, he's, he's, oh, he's the absolutely. king of Shakespeare I, yeah. I
1: limited myself to one Kenneth Branagh and that's because that one I think is his best uh, uh, the number two is The Lion King which is of course once again Hamlet mm-hmm. uh, great, great movie I think we all love Lion King. Yep. And my number one is 10 Things I Hate About You, which is Taming of through. Uh I also watched that in high school, but I just love it. And, and no, I, I feel like it's really obviously Shakespeare, but at the same time, not because like throughout the whole thing, they're like talking about Shakespeare. They have a whole class about Shakespeare and it's really obvious Shakespeare, but I think they lean into it uh, they lean out of it enough that it's not obvious. Mm. It's weird. Great I love performance it. by Heath Ledger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Heath Ledger. So, love no, it. it had to be there
2: as well. That yeah. It was in my head. I was going to throw it out there if it wasn't touched on. And, and and what it is, is, you know, it is taking the traditional and it's almost like having John Hughes yeah. Um, yeah. teenager-fy it, yeah. you know, for yeah. that generation. Yeah.
1: Kind of yeah. disappointed John Hughes didn't do more Shakespeare remakes now.
2: <laughs> oh, well. Yeah.
1: Uh, and Josh, what is your Oh look. <laughs> What's your top one?
0: Top one. Oh, I can do more than one. Um <laughs> off like the top of your head, go. Yeah, yeah. Or The Hamlet by um with what's his name? Uh, Kenneth Brunner. Yep, yep. Oh, that is, my favorite moment from that is it's very cheesy. This is when he's on the top of the mountain and it's just zooms out <laughs> uh, and it's uh also a fellow with Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburn. Yeah, 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 and then, yeah, uh, Kenneth uh that as a Iago. That was a fun ride um lion king obviously yeah uh 10 things i hate about you there's a lot of good stuff i just yeah. didn't know what to pick because it's like oh god forbidden
1: planet yes it, it, sure The behind it is great yes you we, should watch I, it. I will watch it i promise good
0: okay. <laughs> um nothing
1: new that we haven't discussed already I feel oh like, what was your number one <laughs> what was your one you're gonna mention oh I was gonna be like one of the stuff i just mentioned oh, okay cool so, is- we will never know which one <laughs> we just know it's one of them it's a mystery <laughs> oh mystery well i think that's a good place to end uh oh shit i can't remember how shane signs these things off you can find us on instagram at picturing facebook Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. facebook at mighty motion picture ranges you can email us and at, twitter actually and twitter emotion, yep at we're on twitter emotion, at picture what's yeah. our email listen to the last episode we probably have an email at the end of that <laughs> Uh, Sorry. We probably don't have emails yet, so you should email us. Uh, don't forget if you haven't already, Red Curtain Hell on Vimeo on demand slash Red Curtain Hell twenty uh, percent off using it's picture Code. Ranges. That's your code. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Chanster Josh.
0: You can find me on Instagram at that Sundance Kid and at Twitter on that Sundance Katie. That's in all caps. Jeff.
2: Jeff, where can you find? Oh, your- a generous plug for Ripple Beach Media, or as John Starr likes to say, <laughs> Ripple Rich, Beach Ripple Media. Bedia. Bedia. Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, website, and uh, as my ten-year-old son Hudson likes to say, if uh, you have any trouble, just search it up. Just yeah. search it up. Nice. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I said when I uh, guessed
1: it on your podcast, Sane. I specifically said just Google me.
0: Because you're Just, that
1: famous. Exactly. Well, I'm the only chancer if you could. Stagehand Joe or John. <laughs> Don't know which one. Yeah. I should have IMDb'd it beforehand. I should have noticed when I was watching the movie last night, but I didn't. Well, anyway, thank you very much. Uh, and we'll probably see you. thank you, Jeff. In, for yeah, thank you, himself. Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, episode. Jeff. for Pleasure. Representing Media. And uh, we'll Filling see in. you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.